Podcast Studios. This is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Well, a happy motherfucking Friday! Welcome to the weekend, everybody. It is Scott and Kat with After 9, another episode coming down the pipe right now. Uh... I'm in vacation mode. I'm I'm basically Yeah, well, let's just be real with you. We always are. We're always real with you. Podcast listeners. Yeah, we're on uh, we're on vacation again next week. It's going to be one of those summers, okay? You're going to have us on for a bit, then off, then on, then off. We'll try to like even it out that way where if we're off for a week, we'll be back on the next week. We're not going to do two straight weeks, but we have a lot of vacation time. And next week's one of those weeks. What are you, um, you've been busy, I know, planning the, we talked about it in yesterday's podcast, but for those of you who missed it, Scott is organizing a pretty big uh, competition in lacrosse. Yes, it is the All Canada Games. It takes place next week, and I do have uh, space available if you were born in uh, 2008 or 2009. (laughs) Um, well, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a lacrosse parent listening right now. Uh, yeah, it's taken up like so much oxygen in my day. It yeah. is crazy, cat. What are you doing for your week off? Um, so I'm starting off at the pool tonight, which is a great way to go. Uh, and then I ha- I'm planning. There's a bunch of stuff happening next weekend. It's a lot of planning going into it, but I'm planning two things. Number one, a girls weekend next weekend. And that falls right into a party for my parents. My parents are celebrating 40 years married this year. Wow. So we're putting on uh, a celebration for them, which is going to be a lot of fun. But it also takes a lot of planning. So I'll probably be also like you in a way different way in planning hell, but for for fun reasons. I'm really looking forward to it. And my girls weekend, I'm really, really looking forward to that too. So it's mostly the lead up to that for the next week. What does girls weekend look like for you girls? So this year, we're actually going to have it at, it's at sleepover styles at my girlfriend's house. She just bought a new house in Toronto. And she was like, why don't we just do this here instead of going to a hotel? Mm-hmm. I was like, y- yeah, like 100% hotels are so like the costs are so inflated everywhere you go. So we were all down for that. I'm like, what can I bring? So we're going to hang out with her. We're, we're doing all kinds of activities and we always just, I don't know, sometimes we look back on photos and we just have a good time. It'll be fun. Good. I, uh, once I get through all this shit, I've got to, uh, I- I'm going to relax and I'm going to chill and I promise you I'll be not as wound up as I am right now when we get back after the long weekend. But there's a a number of things that we're going to get to in this episode of After 9. First off, have you ever been driving on the highway and somebody goes to clean their windshield? You know, you pull the little thingy and uh, the, the water sprays all over your windshield? Yeah. When you're driving behind a car that's cleaning their windshield and their windshield washer fluid gets on your car, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? You know what? I personally don't mind like, I don't drive a super fancy car where I'm worried about what kind of fluid you're using. And, oh, fuck, it's like toxic poison on my car. I don't care. In fact, sometimes if it is one of those days where you do need the fluid and there's times of the season, as we all know, that you need it more than others, I'm like, cool, thanks. I'll take that extra spritz. I'll take it. Hmm. You didn't shoot anybody? No, 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 no. Oregon man gunned down last week after he accidentally sprayed windshield wiper fluid on a passing BMW. Come on. Yep. He was uh, traveling from the beach in Lincoln City to the Oregon coast, heading home, and he wanted to clean his windshield because the sun was creating a little glare, and a BMW driver didn't like it. I don't want your windshield washer fluid on my car. Hell no. Yeah, it turned into a road rage incident and he oh, shot the guy. Come on. Is the, so um, is the guy okay? Oh, I didn't read that far in the story. I just, <laughs> like, could you imagine that was the way you went, though? Some prick in a BMW didn't like what you did when you didn't notice you, you were, you didn't intentionally do that. And it doesn't do much for BMW drivers. I mean, come on, man. It's true. Uh, Good Samaritan stopped and helped and did CPR on the guy and didn't stop until paramedics arrived. Despite the life-saving efforts, he was pronounced dead at the scene. The driver of the BMW has fled, and so far, no arrests have been made. This is what it's come to. Everybody's so wound up and so angry and so over the top. And, well, down there, everybody's packing, it seems. And uh, this is what happens. That's horrible. Find your chill, everybody. Find your chill. Yeah, in whatever way that might be, you do it. Take some time off. When you got engaged, was it fairly straight up normal? Did uh, just one knee, here's a ring, let's yeah, do this kind of deal? it was fairly straight up normal, yeah. No issues? No issues. 
I was uh, kind of half asleep. But aside from that, no issues. I want to introduce you to Lewis. He planned to give his girl the perfect fairy tale engagement. He dropped down to one knee in the Chateau de Castelnau, which overlooks the river, a river in the south of France. The location, they say, is inspiring because it is from the same scene that they used for Beauty and the Beast. Oh, a tale as old as time. Seems nice, right? Well, when Lewis opened the ring box to pop the question, the ring had come unsecure in the box. Oh, here we go. Yeah, It, it yeah. went flying. Uh-huh. Landed in a pile of horse shit and hay at the side <laughs> of the road. But you could get it. See, I thought where you were going with this is it landed in like a, the river and you couldn't get and then you're fucked then. Sure. You can still grab it out of a pile of horse shit. Oh, sure you could. You can. She didn't have to, did she? Uh, they both did, actually. Yeah. They went digging through the hay and the poo. By the way, I feel like hay makes poo a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> hay and poo. <laughs> they did eventually find the ring. Hey. They cleaned it off. And then they're going to send it for a professional cleaning because she doesn't want horse shit on her hand all yeah. the time. Could you imagine she's showing it off to her girls like, take a look at this ring. Don't get too close. No, 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 no. It smells like shit. But look, it looks pretty. Thank God you can't smell through Instagram, right? Um, people have pets as snakes or uh, snakes as pets. Yes, I'm sorry. Do. Yes, some of them do. And some of them uh, are large. Some of them get larger as you own them, as time mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania man hospitalized and police had to shoot his snake that started strangling him. Police uh, got the call around 2 p.m. last Wednesday about a man in cardiac arrest with a snake wrapped around his neck. Just the other day, we talked about 911 and how they have to be prepared for just about anything. I don't know how you prepare for that. My heart has stopped and there's a giant python strangling me Mm -hmm. to death. Mm -hmm. When authorities arrived, they found the 28-year-old man lying on the ground, unresponsive, Uh, The large midsection of a 15-foot snake was wrapped around his throat. One of the responding officers was able to fire off a shot, didn't hurt the man, did hit the snake. Eventually, they were able to pull the man out of the snake's grip. He was taken to a local hospital. There's no word on his condition. The snake was treated by a nearby veterinarian. Oh, my gosh. I, uh... I feel like pets that want to kill you are not necessarily good pets. Not keepers, huh? I don't feel like I'd want something in my house that's going to kill me if it gets the opportunity. I already went through that. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) Not fun, right? It wasn't fun. Do not recommend. You're constantly tiptoeing around like, oh, is today the day? (laughs) You never know. You never know. (laughs) Like always carrying a bat and shit. Nah. Defend myself. No, nah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple other fun stories here. And and uh, do you need help hitting on guys? Do, do women in general need help with this area? You know what? Yeah, I'm going to say yes. I think that that's one of those things because people automatically assume if we're talking about the hetero relationship where a girl wants to approach a guy, they probably maybe do need a little bit of help. Some are more confident than others, but if you don't have that confidence, men and women, it doesn't matter, but you, if you lack that confidence, and I think a lot of people probably do. That's why they don't bother saying anything if they see a good-looking person or someone that they're interested in. So I would say that most people probably do need help. Women actually have confidence issues in approaching men? Sure. Really? I, was, I, I, I wouldn't have guessed that because like, I mean, women seem so confident and together. Um, I, I mean, obviously, it depends on who we're talking about. Some people, like I said, have more confidence than others or maybe have experience in that. Uh, others are might be too afraid. So I think that m- majority of people, a couple of tips wouldn't hurt. The majority of men's health readers, 55%, say that it's sexy when a woman aggressively pursues a guy. <laughs> a resounding hell yeah from the men. I'll read the quote. Men just like women, want to feel attractive and desirable. We're thrilled, sorry, we're filled with the same insecurities as you are. So it's flattering when a woman pursues us. They suggest that if you want to flirt with a guy, there's a couple of different ways to do it. Okay. I almost feel stupid doing this. Like, do women actually need help with this? I I can't imagine that they do. Well, there might be people that do. Or, yeah, like some, like there's, 
being shy is a real thing for a lot of people. Okay. All right. Number one, you've got to look him up and down. Mm. Start at the top. Look all the way down to his feet. Oh, my. Look all the way back up. That is aggressive. And make eye contact. Wow. Ooh. I mean, that's a, that, that is aggressive. Without, yeah, like, I mean, passive, I suppose. But, <laughs> but also aggressive. It's type of aggressive. You know what I mean when you, like, tell someone with your eyes? That's what they're saying to do, is tell someone with your eyes. Yeah, I'm interested. I, uh... I really can't imagine how I would feel in that scenario. Yeah. You're going to be shocked by this, but I don't get checked out very often. I just don't wonder if it makes people uncomfortable. That's a very uncomfortable thing, isn't it? It is. It is. It is one of those things. It it, it tends to happen more in like a clubby atmosphere from what I remember, (laughs) but it's very much a, okay, I don't know what to, it's it's awkward. And if you're, but the truth is, if you are interested then you'll give a look back or a smile or something. And that can be an opening. So, okay, I'm willing to hear all this out. What's next? You got to look at him, make eye contact, and play with your hair. Oh, you got, yeah, guys like that, don't they? They love Ooh. that. Okay. I don't know what it is about that, but there's something so attractive about that. Why, you guys don't like doing that? that? You play with your hair all the time. I do play with my hair all the time. Uh, now, I, now I'm worried I'm giving a lot of people in public a lot of mixed signals. <laughs> no wonder the cashier was looking at me funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're talking about ways that women can flirt with men if you happen to need a little help in this area. They say you can grin and hold his gaze for three seconds, then bite the corner of your lip. Mm-hmm. And look down. I knew that's a very I, explicit instruction. I knew licking or 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 biting of the lip was going to come up. I knew it. I knew it. Three seconds. I by, love that. By, by the, the way. way, no, but three seconds is a long time to hold somebody's gaze, dude. That's a long time. So you okay? Hold on. So first off, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to grin. Oh, <laughs> and now I'm going to hold your Wait. gaze for three seconds. Then I'm going to bite the corner of my lip. See, it's not meant for... My teeth don't it's line not, up, It's not meant for... No. And then I got to look down. Uh, <laughs> like that. I, are you okay, sir? <laughs> Do you need me to call someone? He's stroking out. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> Wait, it's not commercial about this. What do we have to check next? <laughs> Can you raise your arm in the air? <laughs> okay, here's your next move. Okay. Rub your shoulder. Like you have a painful crick in your neck. What? Then oh. sigh. Not only will uh, he find this sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might even score a massage. Oh, I'm so tense. I do that all the time with my husband. It does work. <laughs> He's married to you. It's different, I guess, isn't it? Maybe if you're at a cafe or something like that. <laughs> dip your finger in your dessert. Still off. Mm, put it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Slowly pull it out. While maintaining eye contact with him. <laughs> this is just the same shit that they circulated in the 90s. I used to, I used to read these magazines all the time, and it was physical magazines, obviously. Back That's in from the, Cosmo, that part. Not, you know what? They recycle this shit. And I guarantee you, I read an article in like the year 2003 that said the exact same thing. The exact same things. Well, the shit doesn't change. That doesn't change. How does that say about you as a man? Like you fall, you guys fall for the same shit all the time, don't you? Fall You're for so it. So easy. Think about what you, you just d- said. You fall <laughs> you, for it. You do. All those things work. Like you're some sort you of a con artist. S- but that's what I mean. You say that all those things work. I'm telling you, nothing's changed. Is there anything new? Is there anything titillating and exciting that we can do? Because all of this shit's recycled. Uh, Anything new? I don't know. Show them your tits. I don't know. Guys like that too. That's also been around for a long time. (laughs) Like, does any conversation come into play here or just like, nah, fuck that? No, this is just to break the ice. This is just to break the ice. Okay. So you've you've dipped your finger in your dessert. (laughs) You you put your finger in your mouth and then you Mm. sucked it. Yeah. Slowly pulling it out of your mouth mm-hmm. while maintaining eye contact the whole time. What kind of a message do you think you're sending there? Is that you're interested? You're a messy yeah. eater. You uh, you don't a- have a fork candy. <laughs> See, like, <laughs> you know. Excuse me. Do you have any utensils? I've been eating this with my fingers. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's crazy, cat. Um, uh, is a concert a good place to go on a date? Nah. 
I don't think so either. I don't think so. But any any loud event like that, you just don't. And the, and I'm going to throw in like the movies even. Uh, just because you, you could a first date, you need to get to know the person, right? And unless you've already known them and you're friends first, and you go to concerts regularly, that's a different story. But that's pretty rare, right? So for a first date, no, you don't get the chance to talk to another, yelling over top of things, or you want to get a drink? What'd you say? Like, uh, that's terrible. That doesn't sound like a fun time. See, I went on uh, a couple of show-type dates with my girlfriend when we first started dating. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. uh, JFL was on. So we saw Anthony Jeselnik do stand-up. And we saw John Mulaney do stand-up. And we went to a Phil Collins concert and stuff like that. And I'm actually just looking here at an article about how much tickets have gone up. I'm going to recommend oh. you don't, don't suggest a concert no. for a date because you won't be able to afford it. Tickets went on sale already for some of the Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band tour. Ticketmaster is selling tickets. And and I'm not talking front row or VIP. Mid-floor seat in Tampa on Ticketmaster. Oh, God. Here we go. $4,400. Floor seats in Boston, $5,000. Oh, my gosh. What the fuck's going on here? Do we just need bigger venues? Because I feel like the artists want to get paid more to do the shows. And that's part of the reason they've raised the price. But these prices are ridiculous. That's insanity. Yeah, that is insanity. I mean, if Springsteen wants to make, let's say, $2 million a show. Okay, well, so that we don't have to charge everybody $5,000 to go to the concert, you got to play stadiums, dude. You got to play stadium. Actually, I think he might even be playing stadiums. I wonder how much he's getting for that. If he's getting paid... Or if they're charging forty four hundred and five thousand dollars for tickets to a concert, I mean, how much does it mean to you to see that person live? Would you really be willing to pay five grand? I love Springsteen. I've got a signed Springsteen vinyl hanging in my I, basement. I was just going to ask, and I don't mean to be insulting this, but what is the demo to Springsteen? Okay, it's like, it's not even nobody, really my demo. It's no, a little older. than I was going to say because you are a young Springsteen fan, then I know nobody who's like if I were like if I said Springsteen's in ta- Springsteen's in town, I don't think most people would know. And I feel like I only know, I don't even know any songs that you could tell me and I'd be like, oh, that song. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Younger people don't care. So I'm thinking this is a lot of retirees spending money on these tickets. It has to be. But that, as soon as people start paying it, they can charge it for everything. Yeah. I mean, it won't be long because we know that new album's coming out next week from Beyonce. She'll go on the road. What are we going to be charging for that? Like 10 grand a ticket? Oh, it's going to be silly. Yeah. I don't understand how people afford to go to concerts anymore. No, I was looking up uh, all kinds of Budweiser stage uh, concerts because... When we're on vacation and stuff, I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll go to a concert or something. I don't know yet, right? And I'm looking and saying, who would I actually want to see? Okay. Even like Pitbull, the tickets that are left are like, they're stupid. If you want to go by yourself, it's maybe affordable, but you want to go with someone else. It's going to cost you just under a grand by the time you're done that night. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's true. It's like $400 for, and you want decent tickets? Okay. That's going to be closer to five, $600. Times that by two. You're well over a grand already. And that's before concessions or anything else. You know who I feel bad for is people that don't live in those major centers where all the concerts are. They've got to travel. Park to or go hotel. To a show. Uh, in, if you're one of our American listeners, thank you for listening to After 9. The way Canada is set up is most of the country lives in and around Toronto. And all the big tours come to Toronto. That's good. But if you live in, say, I don't know, Fredericton, New Brunswick, not a lot of those big headlining tours stop there. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see these people, you're either flying to the States or you're flying to Toronto mm-hmm. to see the show. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you get lucky and it's in Montreal. But either way, then you got to pay for your flight, your mm-hmm. hotel and everything. You've got to really, really, really want to see that person to fork out those kind of dollars. Because yeah, that is crazy. You do. And that's the thing. That's my biggest issue is... Figuring out what artist I care enough about to spend that much money and time. It's not just money. It's not just about the money. It's a big commitment. Yeah. You're not just talking about that two hour, maybe three hour concert, depending on the artist. You're not talking about that block of time and the money. You've got to compare everything that we just mentioned. The traffic to get there. How much it's going to cost to do this. The pain in the ass of this. Concerts. I mean, we've talked about concerts before. I'm just not a big fan because it's like people around you and bumping India and shit. It's crowded. Like I'm uninterested. But... If there's an artist I really like, it needs to be, I mean, it needs to be someone I really want to see to go through that hell. What was the last concert you paid to go to? Like that you didn't have to for work. Oh. 
Okay, and I mean, I'll be honest. We get really lucky, and, and we get a lot of free tickets. So You get tickets? They never give me shit. Yeah, you have received tickets before. Uh, I know what the last one was, but I actually got those free. Uh, oh, my gosh. That I paid to see? Oh, Britney in Vegas. That was a long time ago. Funny, the last time I paid for one was also in Vegas. <laughs> was it in Vegas? It was Tim McGraw. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Vegas shows. That's what I pay for. Switch gears. Business Insider is out with some tips. Hey, I know we're all worried about money right now. So many people are because there's so much shit going on. And I don't know if you saw it or not, but um, that fucker Tiff Macklem was doing an interview on the CTV National News oh, the other night. Great. You know, he actually said on the news that they're not forecasting a recession. We're already in a recession. What? We're already in a they recession. They won't say that, though. They won't admit it. They won't admit that. It's, it's Everything's fine. It's like that meme, right? Oh, it's fine. And the fire's all around you. Okay. Well, a really, really good article came out this morning. This was from ratehub.ca. They say, if you want to buy a home in Toronto or Vancouver, the two most expensive real estate markets in the country, you need to be bringing in more than $220,000 a year. And that's with a 20% down payment. They say housing prices have been going down in Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Ottawa, and Hamilton. But the income required to purchase a home in these markets Mm -hmm. still remains higher due to the stress test rates and climbing mortgage rates. Mm -hmm. So RateHub says they looked at March 2022, basically the tail end of that huge boom that we had before they started screwing everybody. And they compared it to this past June. So just last month. What they say is home buyers in Toronto needed to earn 15750 or 7% more annually in June compared with March to be able to afford the same house they were looking at in March. Oh. In other words, <laughs> even if nothing else changed, the price stayed the same, your income stayed the same. If you were looking at a house in March and decided you were going to wait till June to put in an offer... Between March and June, you would have had to get a raise of 15750 bucks. And now what we're, I mean, I say what we are looking at, but the truth is we've already started to see it, is people just saying, screw this, I'm leaving, right? How many people have moved? And at first it was an East Coast thing, and now it's like, I feel like it's all over the place. I'm you, hearing from people moving to the States. I have oh, yeah? A couple different people that are like shopping for real uh, estate, like Florida way. Okay, and hey, to each their own. Um, I have a, actually a friend of mine who sent me a who sent me like a link to a home that she's considering like upping and leaving Ontario completely. Really? She's like, I can't. And it was like, it's some, uh, it's beautiful. It was at West Coast uh, somewhere. It looks beautiful, but it's in like a smaller town. And she's like, look what I can get. Like I can literally make money doing this and, and probably find a job. I get it. And that's one example of many, because when you look at that, you have to, I feel like we have to be real with ourselves because I don't know if it's going to truly, I don't even know if I want to say correct itself or go back to the way it was. I feel like this is just how it is. So if you're struggling, I feel for you. And I I saw that yesterday when that story came out. A couple of people who uh, maybe they're they're hoping for to make it to the big time in Toronto, for example, and they're looking at those numbers, going, "Well, I'm never going to get a house here." You have to truly ask yourself the question: Do you want a home in Toronto? Then what are you making now? Do you think you're going to ever make that much? And if not, ask yourself if it really matters to you where you live. And if you want to build an, an, a home, and maybe some people don't, that's not their goal. They're good, happy renting. That's totally fine. But if the goal is to have a home in Toronto and you see those numbers, you saw those numbers yesterday or Vancouver, whatever, and you see those numbers, you got to start asking yourself some real questions. Like, what do I actually want? Do I, am I okay with not working here? Maybe it makes more sense. It definitely does affordably to go to another town, make less money because you do tend to make more in Toronto, make less money. But then look at the size of your mortgage. It's going to be, you're going to be able to get one A and B, your payments are going to be much smaller. So what do you really want? You it's know? all relative. It, you, you make more, but you have to pay more. So you're right. If you can get to a place somewhere else, do it. Do I, it. You know, I, I just wonder some of the, okay, I'm going to be honest. Like just particularly the people in radio that I saw sending that out yesterday. They are in Toronto, for example, and definitely not making $200,000. And Because I have a lot of radio friends. And and they're going, well, fuck, I'm never getting a house then. I'm thinking, like, are you seriously upset? You could do something about it. You don't have to stick around in these areas. And I know it's like that for a lot of different industries. Toronto is 
like the place that's the headquarters there's a lot of other really great places like expand yourself a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe that is your goal and maybe you're okay but you have to be okay with it it goes along with the goal you want the goal you're not going to have as much space for fun money or you're going to have to rent or you'll have to put your plan out another five to ten years sure i get it i totally do some people just can't leave though I mean, if if uh, maybe you'd love to leave, but I don't know, your kids are here or something else is here. Yeah, I mean, you can. Well, you can. If you see your kids like every other weekend, like a lot of parents do. Okay, and that of course that's one of those particular circumstances where yeah, uh, yeah. If you get them every other weekend or something, I understand you don't want to move far away from them. Yeah, but that's I mean that's one small percentage. You can up and move. It's not going to be the first family that's moved their entire lives to another place and everyone's okay about it. Yeah, I Everyone know. turns out fine. It's tough, and I get it. People are trying to get creative in different ways to stretch the dollar a little bit further, and, and everybody's coming up with different ones. But I want to read you just a little bit of an article here from Business Insider. They've written about the seven things that people who are good with money never buy. Oh, I like that. Okay. I skimmed this list and I thought, yeah, this says that I'm good with money, but I'm not good with money. So we'll see how much validity there is to it. They say people who are good with money do not buy brand new cars. I believe that with everything in me. I don't buy new cars either. I always buy them off lease or a couple of years old or whatever. A car is the fastest depreciating asset you will ever own. That's true. The second it gets put in your name, even if it's never been driven an inch, as soon as somebody else has owned it and it's considered pre-owned, it loses value. Mm -hmm. Drive it off the lot, it loses Mm -hmm. even more value and so on and so forth. These things are money machines and there's some people who have no problem. Nope, I'll never be able to buy a house, but I got an $80,000 car in the driveway. According to Business Insider, people who are good with money don't buy brand new cars because yeah. it's just not worth it. You know, I believe it. And you mentioned it. That's key. If you're if you're not going electric, electric's the tough one because if people want to go electric, there's not a big market for pre-owned electric vehicles no. right now. Went to the used <laughs> they, Tesla store. <laughs> they don't have that, at least not yet. I mean, one day when it's more common and we all have it, that will be a thing, but it's not. So that demo route that you mentioned, that's why I find that's the sweet spot. I always ask if I like a vehicle, you got a demo? I'll take that because then it already cuts off a chunk of money and it's only driven like 10,000 kilometers or less. Great. They say people who are good with money are not leasing new cars either. Mm. Um, oh, really? Okay. I, I, I see it both ways. There's tax advantages to leasing and it does give you a lower down pay or a lower monthly payment and down payment too in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. but you don't get anything out of it. If you at least finance it, you own it at Mm -hmm. the end, whereas you don't with a lease. So there's pros and cons to both. But either way, they're saying people who are good with money don't lease Mm, new cars. Interesting. They don't buy houses they can't afford. (laughs) That's a tough one, right? Yeah. I mean, you go into the bank and the bank says, you're approved for a $500,000 mortgage. Great. I'm going to buy a $500,000 house. That's what the bank says. And the bank, they're, they're fuckers. Those Bankers. Oh, because they don't care about your personal life no, and your struggles. Not They're at all. Shit. They're looking at like the yeah. max. Here's what you can yeah. afford. Yeah. Just because the bank says, oh, you can totally afford this doesn't mean you can afford this. And what if your circumstances change a little bit? There's a lot of things to take into account. Yeah. But leave yourself a little bit of headroom there. Little wiggle room. Agree. Start small. Work your way up. Get that equity in there. And then either withdraw some equity or sell. And trust me, you want that extra dough, especially if you're looking at a first time homeowner, which I know it's tough right now. But especially as a first time homeowner, that was one of the best tips my parents gave us is like we could have done this, but we went with. This other option, because you want, you know, call it whatever you want. You want fun money, travel money, whatever it is to you that gives you that extra wiggle room, like you mentioned, or maybe it's just for safekeeping. Maybe you just want to tuck it away. You want to be able to not be house poor, right? Is the Mm -hmm. key. And it's, there's so much truth to that. What if you find though the perfect house? I mean, I consider my house the perfect house. I found the perfect place and it was a little more than I wanted to spend, but it checks every box. Same, same. For me, that was one of those things. We actually had a budget in mind with our last house. Exact same thing. But when we took a look at this place, it had everything we wanted and and all the options to do things that we would like to add. And it, it was just everything was perfect. And that's when we said, okay, 
But we still calculate. We still took the time to calculate it because, again, the banks aren't going to sit there with you and be like, well, what if this happens to you? What if that? So we went through all of those. How stable is your job? Yeah, exactly. It's important, right? All of those things are very important. They say people who are good with money do not buy things on credit that they don't have the cash to pay for. I.e., they'll put stuff on credit cards, but namely out of convenience or for points. points. <laughs> Always for points, <laughs> points right? Points every time. But they pay off their balance right away. They don't yeah. carry debt on credit cards. That's a great tip. I know not a lot of people can do it because right now the credit card is the thing that's stretching people through yeah, month to month from sure. time to time. Yeah. People who are good with money do not buy luxury goods from brand name designers. I'm going to say a little bit of yes, a little bit of no. Brand name designer stuff, sure, we all know it's more expensive, but we also know there's ways to get it cheaper, whether it be outlets or winners or whatever. Yeah. You don't need to go and buy a brand new $85 Calvin Klein shirt off the rack at Tip Top when you can go to winners and get the same one for half the price. It's so true. That sort of thing. Yeah. So there's ways around it. I mean, I like certain designers. I'm a big Kenneth Cole fan. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of Kenneth Cole suits, shirts, the whole nine yards. Love the guy. Even his cologne is good. But I'm not buying it at full price. No, I love a sale. I'm the same thing. I'm outlets all the way. I'll do the outlet over the online or whatever it is anytime. Okay, but how many people do you know? There's probably at least one. I think everybody knows one who goes out there and, you know what? I need a belt. And frankly, only Prada belts can hold my pants up. (laughs) Or I need an 11th purse. And even though I have 10 other designer purses, I don't want any purses that aren't I don't know. uh, Chanel. Chanel. uh, Whomever. Prada. So they just keep buying that designer stuff. And can you look at that as an asset? Like if you ever thought, I'm getting a little desperate for money. I'm going to convert my my handbag collection Um, over to cash. And I've spent 10 grand on purses, so I'll get 10 grand for it. I don't know if you're you're ever going to get that exact same amount of money. But I know there's a a market for it. And there's a lot of do-it-yourself type markets like Poshmark, for example, where, where a lot of those brands will end up. They say people who are good with money are far less likely to load up on material items at all. They often opt for quality over quantity. Yeah, sure. There's so many different examples, but there's also so many different ways that could go. What are we talking? Appliances? Yeah, I I have no doubt that if you have money, you'll probably invest the money into good Mm -hmm. appliances that'll last a long time and come with a good warranty. Not buy them just because it's a hot brand name yeah. or not say, oh, fuck, came in at 3000 and I budgeted five. So I'm going to buy a, a, one of these as well. Uh, experience matters with this list, too. I've noticed as you go, like a lot of people who are I don't even know like how you'd be new to money. But if there's someone new to money, that's where the bad habits, I think, lie. If you worked your way up to that amount, you've obviously seen some shit, experienced uh, you know, appliance shopping, for example, and you've been down that road, you know what makes sense, what makes sense to spend more money on and what makes sense to try to get a deal on, right? Like you could tell me what I should, sp- okay, should I do this with this brand? Like there's a ton of brands that are more expensive, but I'll tell you, buy them, buy them. They're worth every penny because they last much longer. But someone who's inexperienced might not know that. Okay, certain things I think are worth paying for. If I decided I wanted a brand new vacuum cleaner, Well, I can go to Canadian Tire and buy myself a Hoover for about 80 bucks, but it's probably in the long run better off to spend the 400 and get a Dyson now that comes with the better warranty and is more reliable. It's a better brand name. Is that a good way to look at it? Sure. Absolutely. Those big, especially those bigger ticket items and and vacuums can be bigger ticket items, right? I mean, yeah, some of them are crazy. Yeah. You get a good one. Dyson's a great example. It's worth every penny. We've had our Dyson for years and I remember when we bought it and it was a big deal because it was like 600 bucks. And we're like, that's a lot of money for a vacuum. But it came with a bunch of accessories and stuff like that. I swear that was our first house. Like we've had this thing for 10 years and it runs like a charm. As long as you clean it properly, it runs amazing. That's good. You know, it's worth it. They say the last tip they're going to offer you is people that are good with money are probably not planning a lavish, expensive wedding. Oh, oh shit. Did you just say that? Did you just say that? How many more people would be in houses Uh now if they didn't spend half of the down payment required to buy a house on their wedding? But it's an an investment because people are just going to give them money back. 
Mm. I, oh, I know. Whether you have a, I know. a pennies on the dollar wedding or you have the big extravagant fucking Cirque du Soleil tent set up with a show happening and a band and a DJ and all the other things that you can do to get your oh, wedding yeah. up to 40 or 50 grand. And that happens a lot. They're still going to give you money because you're getting married. It might be a little less, but do the math. You're not in business. A wedding is not a business. And a lot of people treat it like one. Yeah. Don't spend money on your wedding is the last tip that they offer. Um, we had a great segment on our show this morning because Sunday is National Tequila Day. Tequila! It occurred to me, we were talking off there. It occurred to me that I think everybody has got a story about what tequila did to them. Mm-hmm. And it's always did to them, right? It's not like what I did because I drank tequila. It's like tequila did this. It was crazy the amount of text messages that we got from people this morning that just wanted us to know what tequila did to them. So I'm going to read you a couple of them here. We got one from Marina. She says, guys, I slurped tequila out of a stranger's belly button and then I threw up all over him. Son of a gun. Did you ever have you ever done belly shots? No, I mean, I don't even know how they work. I've done a hooter shooter once, and I thought that whole thing was kind of awkward. That's the boobs thing, right? They put a shot glass there? Is that what happens? Well, I mean, the real ones do. Most of the time, though, they use like those test tube shot glasses because that'll fit between their boobs. And then they're like, here, drink it. But then they got to bend over a weird way, and you got to crick your neck. That's freaking weird. I think it's fucking dumb. But I think they make revenue out of this, out of like the the strippers and stuff. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, fine. If you want to pay money to drink, booze out of somebody's boobs you go right ahead not for me maybe business insider should add that to the list so she did a belly shot puked all over the guy he was a complete stranger (laughs) this person says gross i went to a wedding last week and i ended up coming with my ex-boyfriend he passed out on the floor of the hotel room from drinking tequila he was also snoring very very loudly my friend who shared a bed with me yelled and hit me on the back because she thought it was me snoring. It was my ex-boyfriend who was completely passed out on tequila. Never bring your ex with you. Uh, This one, I like this one. My sad tequila story is that I'm that guy who was left behind while everyone else went in to party. I got hammered way too quick with tequila shots. Oh, a tequila shot board game, he says. That sounds terrible. Never do a tequila shot board game. You will lose. I never left the house. Everybody else partied until about three o'clock in the morning. Another person was left in the car. When they drank too much, they passed out in the car on the way to the club. All they did was bring a pillow, set me up and leave a note inside that said they're going into party. <laughs> I've actually done that before. Left somebody in the car? I, we left them in the car. Yeah. It was, uh, my, my husband and I, my husband was the DD. He was driving and we had had like a pre-party and this guy just went way too hard. And we knew it wasn't good because he was like, Maybe I puked in the bathroom. Well, I'll never tell. We're like, ah, shit, you're not getting into the club. So he passed out in the truck, just fell asleep on the way there. And we just, we were just like, well, we'll leave him. We cracked a window. And then we just left him in there. You just left him in the car. He forgave us, I think. (laughs) He did change schools after that, mind you. This one. Guys, tequila is a hell of a liquor. On my 20th birthday, my friends and I went out in Waterloo. We continuously ordered rounds on rounds of tequila, like enough to kill an elephant. This ultimately makes you need to use the washroom. Mm -hmm. So my hammered self stumbles to the bathroom, and at this point, I'm in blackout mode. Oh, no. This is where my friends had to fill in the gaps. I apparently chose the stall that had no door on it because that stall was out of order. I was gone for a while, but people were coming out of the bathroom hysterically laughing. They came in to check on me. Turns out I fell asleep in the toilet stall and everyone could see. It was so embarrassing. Oh, that is embarrassing. No one was a fault. That's not good. That's not comfortable either. That's one of those ones where you drunk sleep and you wake up from a drunk sleep, whether you're on a bed or I suppose a toilet, you just have like a ache that doesn't go away for a few days because you had a drunk sleep and you slept funny. Yeah, that's punishment. That's on top of the hangover. That's like a double whammy. That's rude. Yeah. Guys, I hosted a house party about 10 years ago. There were about 15 people all doing tequila shots whilst drinking everything else under the sun. After being totally intoxicated, for some reason, I ended up completely naked. 
probably getting ready to jump in the shower. At this point, my wife yelled at me that the plumbing under our kitchen sink was leaking. Still naked, I went to inspect. I crouched down to see what was going on. At this point, our three-month-old kitten thought that my jewels hanging down were a new cat toy of some sort. Oh, shit. She sunk those razor-sharp needles right into it. Right into the balls. Yep. Needless to say, I have never performed any type of repairs without clothes on ever since. Um, okay. Tequila so, is one of those ones that'll make you take your clothes off. Honest to goodness, there's something about tequila. It makes you, it's, it's you step outside of your own body. And at some point, sometimes you're looking back at yourself going, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> I, uh, I'll tell you my tequila story. We should each tell at least one. I think we all have maybe more than one. I actually have more than one tequila story, but I'll tell one about when I was in Mexico and I went with three girlfriends and we had checked into this hotel, which had like zero patience for like young people. Uh, but there was a lot of us and we were drinking tequila. It was actually a rainy day. So what happened is we all ended up inside the bar and that's when the tequila started. And I don't know how many hours I was drinking. It was many. That was probably the most drunk I've ever been. And we made friends with people. It was fine. So at one point we decided to take some photos in the lobby and the lobby had like a railing that went down and like a little area where people were sitting, but it's not meant to be a bench because behind it, there's a little garden area. There's like little trees and shrubbery, right? You know, you know what it's like when you go into like a, a resort like that, right? They have nice, beautiful plants inside. So I'm sitting on the edge with my, with a girlfriend of mine and we're like, yeah, we'll take a picture loaded out of our minds. And at some point I want to blame her. I'm not sure if it was my fault or hers. We both, fall backwards into the garden. No. Right down. Not only did we fall backwards into the garden, we landed on one of those plants and all I hear is snap. We broke a tree. Oh shit. (laughs) It was like one of those little, I want to say tree, whatever. We broke a plant and we were like, fuck, holy shit. Right? So we, we get up, let's get out of here. Well, security was on it. And yes, there was security. They dragged us to the front desk and then they got someone who spoke really good English or better English to let us know that we have to pay a fee. And I want to say it was like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks American they wanted for that tree, for what we did. Really? So you know what we did? We were like, oh yeah, let me just check. And they were asking for our room number, right? I was like, yeah, no problem. And you know, I forget. Let me just go check with my girlfriend who's staying. She remembers the room number. We fucking ran. Good. We never came back. So are you also wanted in Mexico? Yeah, I am also wanted in Mexico at that particular. Thankfully, I don't want to go back to that place. Thankfully, I don't. But that was like the one night I seriously don't remember much after that. Like that wasn't even the, the height of the night. Like that happened before the, the night really began. Okay, so legit question. Are you worried that somewhere down there in Mexico, your name is on some sort of a watch list and they're just waiting for you to try and go through customs again and they're going to pinch you? It's possible. I'll never stay in Cancun for that reason. Just in case. Right. Just in, I'll visit Cancun when I'm in Mexico. But I will not stay there. See, the last time I was in Mexico, I rode off a jet ski. Yeah. You, yeah. This is a, that, this is a, you were not, you were not drinking though. Or did, were you drinking? You were drinking. Okay. Do you care to disclose that information or did I just out you? So I wrote it off. <laughs> I, uh, I actually crashed into the jet ski my son was on and he flew off Bumper his. cars! And, and <laughs> it was actually mine was fine. It was his. It was heavily damaged. And, and they were like, oh, senor, you must pay. And I was like, oh, senor doesn't have any fucking money. So <laughs> who, what senior, the senior, <laughs> now you see me, now you don't. Did you do what I did and just run away? Uh, <laughs> I just fucking ran. I said, let me figure it out. I'll come back and talk to you later. And then you never came back. Never came yeah. back. Uh, but my actual tequila story was I was, um, and, and this is a combination of tequila and rum. Why would you do that to your body? I know. Oh, it was no. stupid. Oh, but no. you do dumb things when you're at a resort, you right? You do. Oh, absolutely. I was in Costa Rica and I had to work that morning and and we obviously get up very early. Didn't get a chance to sleep on the plane. It was one of those finish work, get to the airport, yeah. fly you down there. It's like a four and a half hour flight or something to Costa Rica. Got there. And then, of course, I had to join the party because we were down there for a wedding and, and I just let her rip. And I decided I needed to take a nap. Like, All right. I got to just take the edge off here. I'm I'm old enough and mature enough to know that I've had enough alcohol. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> so I went up to bed and slept for 23 hours. <laughs> Did they check on you? 
I think somebody checked on me. Okay. I don't right. know. Okay. But I woke up and it was dark and I thought, oh shit, I better take a shower and get ready for dinner. It was dinner the next day. I missed an entire fucking day of the trip because of tequila. Are you sure it didn't have something in it? I don't know. I, that sounds intense. Yeah. Who it, sleeps for 24 straight hours? I was drinking uh, Diet Coke and Malibu rums oh. and tequila shots in between. And that wasn't even my oh. idea. Hey, listen, I'm a team player. If I'm out with you and somebody says, it's tequila time, I'm going to hate you, but I'll participate because I don't want to be the wet blanket, but I'm going to hate you. Yeah, I'm going to hate anyone who suggests it too. Happy National Tequila Day to everybody on Sunday. I think we got time for two more quick ones here. Gender reveals. They're dying off a little bit. They are dying off. Is that a COVID thing though? Could be. Like, or was, maybe people saw all the stories on the news of shit getting blown up. And, yeah, they're moving it to their TikToks and their Instagrams and stuff like that. 13% say they are all for gender reveal parties. About one in three say they're okay with them. 44% want this unfortunate trend to just go away. Yeah. Where you gather all your friends and family and accept gifts and, and I don't know, hit a golf ball to see if it comes out pink or blue smoke. It's a lot to ask. Like, honestly, it's just, it's just a matter of, it's a lot to ask. If let's say you're a couple that all in the span of two years, even you are getting married. So that means you're going to host all of the things. It's a lot. Just think about what you're asking you people. If, if you do all of it, because think of how many things that is. It's an engagement party right after that. It's going to be the bachelor bachelorette. And then you're going to have the actual wedding. And, and then after that, Oh, look at that. I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a, a, a baby shower, gender reveal, everything else. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's like a two straight year thing. Just ask yourself if it really, like, who do you actually want there? Do a little mini reveal with your family or something. Like, I'm not a huge fan of those big gatherings either. Can I tell you, I just don't care. I don't care if you're having a boy or a girl. It really makes no difference to me whatsoever. It's such a big ordeal to have when there's a 50-50 option here. Yeah. Right? I mean, we're we're gathering for a 50-50. Team boy or team girl, you got to wear the badge on your way in. Like, I don't know. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Yeah, heads or tails is the exact same fucking game. It really doesn't matter. Either way, the baby's coming. Tell me it's a healthy baby. I want that call telling me everything's good. Cool. Last thing. 13-year-old girl in Texas, her name is Elena Wicker, has become the youngest black student to ever get accepted into medical school. She's been accepted into the Hearsing School of Medicine at the University of Alabama, she graduated from high school last year and has already completed two and a half years of college wow. at 13. 13. Okay, so medical, that's great. Did, did she say what she wants to do? She wants to be a doctor. She wants to be a doctor. A, a practicing like a, physician. A yep. practicing physician. Um, obviously very smart. Like, is this like a potential Mensa member? Did we check on that? Like, how do you go? Th- how do you blow through all of that? Yeah. You, you've got to be brilliant. You have to be a genius. She's super smart. I mean, she's graduated high school and made it two and a half years into college at 13 years That's old insane. when most kids are going into high school. It's insane. So here's my question. Wow. This is Doogie How. She's the new Doogie Hauser. She is. Think about it, guys. Think about it. Okay, but here's the thing. Maybe you, uh, you cut your finger pretty bad or something's going on and you can't explain it with your body and you're not feeling good. So you go to the hospital. The doctor that trots out has got her AirPods in and she's got her Jordans on and it's a 13-year-old girl that's going to tell you what to do. Now, this is a brilliant 13-year-old girl, but at the end of the day, she's 13. She could be a surgeon by like 20, like less than 20. Would you want the 13-year-old doctor to treat you? Yeah, knowing how brilliant they are, but also knowing they're 13. Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a difference between getting hard medical ad- medical advice and getting like personal advice. Now, if she sat there and started to say, you know, I think you should do this. I'd be like, you don't know fucking life, kid. But if you're telling me like my blood pressure needs to change and or whatever it is that the doctor's telling you. Yeah, you listen. That's medical. That is what they've studied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, eh? I also don't have like teenage daughters yet. I feel like if I had teenage daughters, I just wouldn't be able to comprehend it. But I don't yet. So I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, you, you studied, you went through all of the motions to do it. I trust that you know everything. I mean, my daughter's an actual scientist. She's got a degree in science and I don't know that I would take much 
advice from her either. I don't know. It's just, and, and I don't. Well, she can't be your doctor anyway. <laughs> well, that's why they. That's why they know they don't allow it because we don't take our family members seriously. True, and, and I mean, I think just at thirteen, I would really have to get over it and really sort of put my trust in a thirteen-year-old because there's certain things that they teach you in medical school, and that's all well and good. But there's also certain things that you learn later on in life through life experience, through just being part of society. Uh, case in point. All these people that keep going to the ER with shit jammed up their ass. She probably doesn't even understand why people like jamming shit up their ass. Oh, she knows. You don't think in any of the medical books she's read, she's perused, she doesn't know? She understands how things absorb in the anus as well, which is a thing you can look up. Really? What kind of shit? No, it's a very, like that, that's why there's a lot of issues with some stuff that people shove up there. It's because it absorbs up there. That's why people do the beer. You know how people chug beers up their ass and stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, you absorb way faster than if you swallow something. Okay, well. Anyway, for exa- that's one example of many that she knows. She understands. She doesn't need to understand everything about it. But medically speaking, as long as she knows, great. Yeah. There's a lot of doctors that are fucking 50. I had a doctor that was middle-aged, useless as shit. So I would probably <laughs> trust. I'm telling you, I would trust her over a 50-year-old man that had to Google half the shit. He Googled something? He Googled stuff. Yeah. In front of you? In front of me. No shame. A I, doctor. He's not my doctor now. But yeah, no, there's a lot of shitty, there's a lot of shitty doctors out there. Certainly are. There certainly are. So you'd be okay with a 13 year old just, they would have to explain to you. Hey, listen, just so you know, this is a perfectly well qualified doctor. She's an actual genius, but yeah. she's 13. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. If you're, if she's certified genius and she actually did all of the work, like I said, yeah. If she tells you something that seems absolutely irrational, then of course you can raise flags and you can be like, I don't think that that's correct. You could do your own due diligence. You don't have to listen to everything the doctor says. You hopefully do your own research on it anyway, Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Isn't it weird, though, that your doctor is probably going home to watch her Disney Plus subscription? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's a weird thing. It, it would be a weird thing. But I don't think she'll watch that. See, I think someone like that, probably their mind isn't interested in it. I'd be curious to know about a little more about her personal life. She'd probably be incredible she, to talk to. Is she, she like a teenager or is she kind of beyond? Like instead of watching, uh, you know, whatever, whatever shows on, you know, the Disney channel now, she's probably watching fucking Euphoria and shit. She's just past all that. Teenagers come with a certain amount of laziness, though, and that's been true through all generations. And not, not to mention... Puberty has an effect on you. That's true. It yeah, does. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We got to go. We're long on time here. Again, we're off next week, guys. We will be back after the long weekend. There's lots in the archive if you want to go back and listen. Uh, if you need to reach us, yeah, just shoot us a DM. And thanks for listening to this episode of After Nine. Have a great one, guys. United Airlines is partnering with a company called Boom, which is making supersonic jets that travel twice as fast as regular planes. Ooh. Passengers were like, do you really expect us to board a plane called Boom? The Mega Millions Lottery jackpot hit $630 million this week after there were no winners. Whoever wins it this week can take the jackpot in installments, a lump sum, or premium unleaded. The new poll found that 70% of Americans remain loyal to the brands they used when they were growing up. Yeah, that's why every night for dinner I have a jar of Gerber. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.